This is The Extra Mile. Welcome back to the Extra Mile. I'm Caleb Spear along with G5. The G5. And today we've got the birthday boy in town. <laughs> we have Rick Bloodworth, who is a minister up at the Happy Church of Christ. Rick, thanks for coming on. And how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're turning 25 again. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Well, thanks for taking the time to come all the way down here to Lubbock and share some thoughts. How many years have you been uh, preaching? Well, since I'm just turning 25, I've been preaching for 24. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, about 26. 26. Right? Wow. George, you're 26, right? Uh, in November, I will be. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm 24, so you're longer than long y'all have been us. alive. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Not a lot of people feel like they've been... <laughs> I've been preaching longer than they've been alive. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of wisdom, though, and something we're going to tap in today as we look at fathers and fatherhood. We know yeah. uh, Father's Day was uh, was the weekend, was Sunday, right? Is it Father's oh, Day Sunday. Sunday? Oh, right, because you just heard this is coming out the day after Father's Day. That's right. So a week ago today, Monday the 21st, it was Rick's birthday. That's right. right there we go. I'm doing, <laughs> ma- I'm doing math in my head. <laughs> You failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Not very good at math. Not very good. But yeah, so it's Father's Day. So Caleb, naturally, who's not a father, is going to sit back and <laughs> let George no, and Rick no, run no. the show here. Well, I, I guess I can go ahead and bound us right into the discussion of godly fatherhood. So the one question I could bring to the table, um, as I stated, not a father, uh, but would like to be one one day. What would be your advice to those who are not fathers yet, but would like to be or are planning to be one one day? I would get married. That's <laughs> step one. I've, I've accomplished that. I am married. I've, I've done step one. <laughs> I, I think that I think the uh, whether you're talking about becoming a father or anything worthwhile in life, the best thing to do is to be uh, make sure your faith is right with God. Make sure you're studying the Word. Make sure you're praying regularly. Make sure uh, that your life's right before God, and mm. and that will assist you in everything, but particularly in in being a, a good parent. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, AJ and Sharice and Becca, they all go here, and those are your three kids, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad to hear they're coming knows. here. So yeah, yeah, I know. And we see... No, I'm just kidding. We're here to tell <laughs> all their trouble. dirty secrets. That's, that's <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, uh, I think those is the foundation if we're going to be if we're going to be parents, because if the kid comes and, and we don't know what we're doing, it's a big responsibility, and we're like, sometimes we feel lost, and that's a good foundation to have when that responsibility is is on us now and it can help us push us in the right direction for sure yeah um deuteronomy 6 ephesians 6 really posing on parents particularly fathers to bring up children in the way of the lord for you personally get it each family and person's different but for you personally how did you implement that were you the kind of planner dad so to say like here's devotional time or were you more like a spur of the moment take advantage of an opportunity type of dad when it came to bringing up your children in the way of the lord how would you say you went about that well as far as as far as uh, devotional time and things like that that was just uh, a very small part of of the parenting i guess 
the best thing I, I should have given this as advice first is, is marry a good woman. Because <laughs> ah, if, yes. if the kids have a good mother, a godly mother, uh, uh, your um, chances for success uh, are very, very good. Um, and uh, it takes both. But uh, we, we uh, made several things that are uh, very uh, habitual as far as um, before we got married, we, mm. we were in agreement that when the doors were open to the church, we'd be there. Um, we just understood that. Um, uh, we both uh, uh, had had attended a Christian college, but neither one of us were uh, daily Bible students. And, mm. and before really before we had kids, we started uh, reading the Word every day, uh, which helped us to understand more the importance of that. But as far as the kids went... Um, uh, we we uh, prayed before every meal. Uh, we prayed at the end of the day. We had a Bible uh, lesson at the end of every day. When they were small, it was more of the uh, storybook type, but we, yeah. it was a scriptural type of storybook. I mean, there's some mm. that are not uh, uh, that practical uh, for, for training up godly <laughs> children, <laughs> and so you want to be careful with that. But like I say, we were we pretty habitual in that as far as um, uh, those— the prayer and the Bible study were, were pretty specific times. Um, uh, we went to, to worship on the first day of the week. They were always at Bible class, uh, Sunday evening worship, uh, Wednesday evening. And, and while I'm a preacher now, when I became uh, a father in, in the first, uh, I guess, 12 years of being a dad, uh, I, I worked as a real estate appraiser, and yet mm. that was still, that was our habit. And uh, it was one that never let us down, uh, and it wasn't. When I say a habit, I don't mean we had a program and and we exercised the program and you know <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> check check check. I mean we were determined that these things were important, and so it just it became something that we didn't talk about. I don't remember there ever being a time other than maybe on vacation and we didn't know where a church was <laughs> located, <laughs> uh, ever talking about will we be going. To, to worship today, or will we be going to Bible class um, on Wednesday? It was just a part of it life. Just, it was part of life. So our kids never had that growing up. As far as are we going? Are we going to Bible class today? Are we going? Uh, are we going to worship today? That was just something that was uh, they expected, and so that was the norm. And so that helped a lot. But like I say, just the everyday stuff, the um, uh, the character uh, of being a Christian. Uh, you know, as far as you, you're. They needed to be truthful. They needed to, to not fight um, with each other. I know a lot of parents are really comfortable with, well, the kids are just going to fight, and it's just like, well, don't fight in our presence. <laughs> you know, they may have used knives in the bedroom when the doors were closed, but, but uh, they they understood that and that, that they had to have good uh, good character in yeah. that. But like I say, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a Nazi concentration camp either. We had a lot of fun as yeah. we went through life. It was just we had standards as well, and they knew what the, sure. sta- the boundaries were very clear for them and not confusing. And so I think that helped. Mm, clear boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Deuteronomy six four: Hear o Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be in your heart. Verse 7 sounds like what you're talking about here. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Sounds like a very consistent 24-hour type of type of deal that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and that and again, going back to marrying a righteous woman, mm-hmm. um, when 
when uh, we first started having children, I, my work week was sometimes up to 100 hours. And wow. so that was one of the things that I, I own my own business and everybody who owns their own business and says, well, it's wonderful being your own boss. <laughs> it, it is, but you have you have you know fifty or sixty bosses, and you have to uh, work in order to put food on the table, mm-hmm. um, and that's one mm. of the things that took me a few years to get a balance on. Um, at first, if, if we had work in, you did it because there were a lot of times you didn't have work in, and <laughs> if you didn't work, you didn't eat. And so when we had work in, I'd get to the, to the point where I'd work all the time. And finally, I realized probably when AJ, our, our oldest, um, uh, was about five years old, I really started scaling back on the throttle. But Carolyn uh, stayed home with the kids. That was something that we talked about before we ever got married, and um, hmm. very blessed to be able to do that. That's a gift God's given to us. Um, hmm. I have I have nothing but admiration for 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 moms that that have to work, um, but uh, I really appreciated uh, Carolyn because that was her desire when she became a mother was to stay home and and raise the kids and uh, uh, at first we lived in a one bedroom apartment with one child and one vehicle and yeah. so she would drag our child <laughs> to the grocery store in a wagon and thing but as she did we lived in Wyoming a beautiful place and she would she would point out aren't the trees God made beautiful isn't the sunrise God mm. gave us today beautiful isn't the river that God made beautiful and so mm. it's very much what you're talking about and and again I, I attribute that to uh, uh, having a, a godly wife um, who who loved God and yeah, loved yeah. her children, and uh, it was just kind of second nature to her, and that helped it become mm. second nature to me. And as I started easing back on the throttle and scaling the hours down, <laughs> uh, I had a lot more time with the kids and and uh, was able to kind of pick up uh, in those areas. Now, having said that, with the work, let me be really uh, clear on on that. Um, it, Work never came before the worship time. We, as I said, we had determined that before we got married, mm. um, that that was that, that God deserved that. Um, uh, it had nothing to do with perfect attendance. It had to do with with service. And so, even mm. though there was a lot of work, um, when when the doors were open, we tried to be there. And I think that really helped the kids have a have a yeah. consistency. Um, uh, that may, um, not from a legalistic standpoint, but from a, um, you know, we're in Bible class on Sunday morning. Um, mm, right. <laughs> we sit still during worship, you know, eventually, <laughs> 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 after some encouragement. Yeah, yeah. And, and on and on. But like I say, we did talk a lot about God even before I became a preacher, just at uh, odd, random times, yeah. random events. I, I like how I God, in the conversations that you're describing, isn't just some mystery. He's, you know, he's there. He's, he's really a part of our lives, um, and, and he's, he's working in that. And when you, know, when you said you pulled the throttle on work a little bit, you gave away some hours in order to spend time with family. Is, is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, found out that it worked out really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As it turns out, all that that the instruction to trust God really actually has practical application, <laughs> and it really right. works. And <laughs> and um, uh, when I got the proper ba- a, a more proper balance, yeah, uh, it it worked better. And especially as we started having uh, you know more more children, and and needed uh, for me to be a little more uh, involved than than I was able to before. Right. So. Sure. Sure. 
Oh, I hear a phone. Yep. There's a phone going background. off. I don't know. It's going to keep going Enjoy off. that, but okay. <laughs> that's all right. Um, you see that with a lot of preachers' kids as well. And I guess that was my biggest fear coming into that, being a preacher too, one of, I guess, is, you know, just statistically. Statistically, how do you say statistically? that? Statistically? Statistically. There we go. Thank <laughs> you. English is hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> you, see, you see a lot of them fall away, and, and we have to ask why. And is, you know, the father less involved, or is the priorities mixed up? I mean, what do you see? I mean... Yeah, I feel like I hear that a lot, where preachers' kids struggle, or like you're saying, even fall away. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to just be preachers. I mean, it could be you know anyone, really, but yeah, you look at the statistic... That's just what we what we see. Yeah, uh, that youth are leaving churches overall. But even, yeah. it's even more interesting when they're a preacher's kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just doesn't add up in our minds. I know all three of your kids do a great job, and it, you know they're just so involved and active in their in their own faith and and, and encouraging everyone else in in their faith. Yeah. What what what's the secret there? <laughs> what's the secret sauce? Um. I guess from from the perspective of when I began to preach, I was pretty um, conscious of the fact mm. that that uh, preachers' kids sometimes have a have a greater difficulty. And in a small town, uh, everybody knows your kids are preachers' kids, and so it's magnified uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, so w- the way that that I counterbalanced that was I got involved with coaching the. Uh, the little league programs, whether it was baseball or basketball or, or whatever, That's and fun. so yeah. most of the kids in town that weren't worshiping at the Church of Christ knew me anyway, but they knew me as coach, and mm. so hmm. they were more the coach's kids. <laughs> 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 and and coach's kids have a different status. Let me tell you, yeah, preachers' yeah, kids right. are down here. Coaches' kids are way up here because they think if they're good friends with the coaches' kids, that the We're coach is going to play them. Yeah. So, but uh, um, so I, I got to know the kids in town, and and uh, and I like working with kids. Um, I never uh, my voice is really loud, so I never had to raise my voice to the kids. <laughs> I just did it for fun. No, I no, I never. <laughs> I, I tried never to be. Um, a jerk there, and I tried never yeah. to uh, to be overbearing in the pulpit. I, I've always tried to preach the truth in love, but preach the truth. I wanted to be firm yeah. with that, but um, I always tried to to um, uh, to show that being a Christian was was something that was a privilege, that it was joy, um, and I think that helped our kids to a certain degree. The only one of our children that I ever heard uh, say later on had any trouble with being a preacher's kid. Uh, was our youngest, and mm. um, uh, and she just had a little bit of peer pressure. I don't think it was as much as as most people do. Yeah. Uh, and so we were very blessed in that. And we have a good town. Happy's a good, you know. Happy's not just a, <laughs> it's not just a name. And so uh, <laughs> that's a that, town without that, a frown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a way of life. <laughs> and so that that helped a lot. But I think that that came in uh, the the other, and I think this is really critical. Um, and we didn't catch it until all of our kids were gone, even though we were doing it unconsciously. Mm. And that was before our kids left, they all had their own faith. Mm-hmm. Um, every single one of them uh, was uh, convinced that they needed to be reading the Bible on a daily basis. We never, we never told them, you need to be a daily Bible reader. But mm-hmm. they were convinced, and they all did that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they knew that, that uh, we prayed with thanksgiving and with joy. 
I think I think uh, um, one of my daughters could give classes on how to pray. And so uh, we we told our kids we may not always agree on everything, um, and and that's uh, that's just part of you know even Peter said uh, about Paul's writing some of the things he he writes are hard to understand um, mm-hmm. and. Um, and Paul talked about disputable matters, which gives us the understanding that there are disputable matters. <laughs> but uh, they all understood, um, while we may not always agree on everything, if they ever left the faith, um, if they ever gave up on God, um, that, that um, you know, they, that there wouldn't be a welcome. <laughs> mm. um, and so, but, but, uh, and, and again, not from a harsh standpoint, but, but, uh, they, they all left believing not only in heaven and looking forward to heaven, but they believed in hell and they didn't want to go there. And that's, that's an incredible governor on your, on your life. And so I think that helped the kids, uh, to a certain extent, uh, maybe to grow up and, and maybe not have so much a stigma of being preacher's kids. Mm. but more of a focus of we're children of the king, not, not me, um, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, we're children of the king, and there was a standard for being a Christian. Yeah. And so that, that helped a lot. There is a mirror to that, though. I feel like how we treat, I mean, anyone, uh, how we treat anyone, let alone how we treat our spouse, how we treat our kids, probably says a lot about what we think of God. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, so you're like mini king if you're dad, but you're not. I understand, <laughs> I, I, I understand, I understand what you are saying. I'm there. a benevolent dictator ben, is what you're a saying. A benevolent <laughs> dictator. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We kind of brought the fear in the sense of awe. Right. Kind of like heaven. And then there's the fear in a sense of wrath, like you're talking about with, with hell. Right. That's, that encapsulates it all. Mm. Um, well, you know, you go to Hebrews and, um, it talks about the fact that we all had fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And so when you have, when you have that, uh, um, I think it's Hebrews 12. Yeah, um, you got it. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I was mentioning earlier, you know, Jesus just said it was written. You <laughs> that, know, that should right. be enough for y'all. But Jesus also knew where it was written, so <laughs> we, should, we should try too. But, but the point is, if, if the discipline is done right, there will it will result in respect and if it's not done right or if the heart is wrong we can we can understand that there are people who don't respect god and he's never had an improper discipline towards people um but but um the fact is if you discipline well if they know you love them um i think there is that that respect and i think that when you have a mutual respect when the parents respect the kids and vice versa then that makes for very healthy um, life in every area, but especially spiritually. Hmm. Yeah, it does. Hebrews 12, uh, 5 and 6 and 7, My son, don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It's for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not Discipline, and it goes in verse nine. The earthly fathers disciplined us. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? So, so there is kind of mirroring. As I guess we're cheating into one of our last questions, though. 
if that's all right, George. Are we skipping Go too for far it. ahead? No, that it's how okay. how should fatherhood mirror uh, our father in heaven? That's a pretty broad question. It can go a lot of different ways, but how should fatherhood mirror our father who's in heaven? There, well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of aspects to that. It aren't sure. there? Yeah, 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 there are. Obviously, the the greatest of these is love, and mm. so. Uh, when you think that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, um, there needs to be a, an absolute love for one another. The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And so uh, if, if the parents have a love for God like that, um, and they love their neighbor, including their children, <laughs> as themselves, uh, and they don't get those two mixed up to where, to where they're they're willing to bend the rules because they just so lo- much love their kids or love their neighbor. Hmm. Uh, but um, the love for God is, and Jesus said it over and over, uh, but in John 14, he said, if you love me, you will obey. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he also said, if you don't obey, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. And then he said, these words you hear are not from me, they're from the Father who sent me. And so if we have a good understanding of what love is, uh, and, and we have a good understanding of who God is, and if we have a good understanding of his holiness, um, if, if a father uh, can, can exemplify love in a good way, including in the area of discipline, uh, which, which we just got through with. And let me, let me uh, talk just a little bit about discipline. If I, do we have time? Go yeah. for it. We have as much time as you want. Uh, oh, great. You know, <laughs> I, I, I preach for 22 minutes on Sunday morning. I've never been given carte blanche. Um, uh, but... Discipline starts with instruction, uh, and, and then it goes to compliance. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you ever look at even anybody that does well in what they do, uh, a, a, a great surgeon, uh, a great um, uh, athlete, great mother, uh, um, they, they uh, have the instruction and they have the discipline, the self-discipline, that, that internal drive to comply. If you have that, then point, you don't think, need yeah. the next part of discipline, which is a rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the rebuke is, I've warned you about this. If you continue, there, there, there's a punishment for it. And the rebuke is also, I'm not proud of you. You're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, for, when we talk about from God's perspective. Now, I, I do want to say as parents, we need to be very cautious to let our children know we're proud of them for so many different areas. Um, uh, Benjamin Franklin was really good. When he ever ha- he had anything that was criticism, uh, he would give something good. He would tell him what he wanted to work on. He'd give something good, reinforce the good. Mm-hmm. Well, he got that from the Bible, whether he realized it or not, because that's the way God treats us. It gives us something good. Uh, if you ever read in Revelation, uh, the, the instruction to the seven oh, yeah. churches, uh, Jesus will, will nearly always say, you're doing great here. I, I, you're, you're doing well here, but I have this against you. And then he will come back and say, but you're doing this well. Continue in this. You'll receive a crown of life. Hmm. Uh, just whatever. But anyway, so when I say rebuke, um, the rebuke does have to be uh, serious. There's consequences for this, either the removal of reward or the implementation of a penalty or both. Uh, and uh, the reminder of that, and then, of course, the, the final stage <laughs> of the discipline, if it's not working, is the, the penalty. Um, 
you know, I, I, I love you, but I told you if you did this, you're going to get a spanking or whatever parents do. We never locked away our children in prison. We never grounded. <laughs> ever. No prison. Huh? Ever, no, no, no prison time. We went directly to the down. capital punishment. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it also, but it all, we all, we always tried to, to, to be fair as far as they knew in advance what was right and wrong. And mm-hmm. if they did something that was wrong that we hadn't really covered, you know, this is more the four-year-old area, not the 14-year-old, um, then we would tell them, you know, you can't do this or that that's wrong. This is why it's wrong, not right. just, you know, I said so. <laughs> Although sometimes that works pretty good, too. Because you were talking about it has to be clear. Yes. But yeah. like I say, discipline, uh, if you have that, if you have the instruction and you have somebody who is disciplined, they have the compliance, then that's discipline. You see great things come from that. Sometimes you do have to have rebuke. Sometimes you do have to have punishment. But the, the whole purpose of discipline is to make sure that they are doing what they need to do so that they can receive the reward. Um, you know, uh, eat, uh, you know uh, be able to work and, and, and uh, put food on the table is a good reward. Uh, going to heaven is a better one. Uh, don't deserve <laughs> yeah, it, but um, this is what discipline does. And again, if we have the right discipline, we have the respect and... Uh, that's 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 a huge part. I've, and I talked so long, I forgot where the question was going. What was the other part of the question? <laughs> nah, I think George. That was good. I think George was looking at discipline as we were talking about fatherhood mirroring our father in, in heaven. That's okay. yes, right. And right. you had thought of Hebrews twelve that he that God disciplines us just like a father here on earth that right. loves his kids. Yeah. And it was interesting. My mind went to uh, communication because you, you were talking about in the discipline. It was it was a straight up one hundred and one constructive criticism. Whereas here's the good things, but here's here's the thing you need to work on, or you need to just change, like you're talking about, right. um, like with Jesus and Revelation. But then reinforcing that good again. Well, you right. know, Proverbs three twenty seven says, "Don't withhold good from the one who deserves it." Mm-hmm. And then you go to Proverbs twenty three, and it says, "Don't withhold discipline <laughs> from your child." <laughs> uh, the way. Consistency. Um, and the point is that that uh, part of mirroring God is to give uh, your child what they need to do well, and God does wonderful uh, uh, for us in that, and we do not do as wonderful, uh, but that's what we're striving for, yeah. is to do that. That's right. He's the perfect father. Yeah. It always uh, it scares me. Like I mentioned before, don't have kids. I'm not trying to play games with God right now about having kids right now. That's not the plan. <laughs> we're all but praying it, that you do. It always <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. Um, but it always scares me, but it's really cool, but it scares me that your kids are going to learn about God primarily from you and your wife. And that's really cool and really humbling at the same time that you're going to present the idea of who this awesome God is. Yeah, think about this. I, I, you've probably heard this example before. I heard it from a preacher one time. I thought it was brilliant. So this is not from me. Um, anything's brilliant you hear. As a matter of fact, I stole from somebody else. I just forgot to give credit to. <laughs> but when, if, if you've ever flown before, you know what this what the steward or the stewardess does. You know, sure. in case the in case the the oxygen drops, you know, the, a little uh, um, uh, a little uh, oxygen mask will drop from the cabin if it loses mm-hmm. pressure. If you have small children, you put your mask on first. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason that they do that is because if they don't put their mask on first, the little child. If they panic and the parent runs out of oxygen, they're both lost. And so if you get your mask on first, it shows the child that that's normal for one thing. But it also, if they pass out from a lack of oxygen, you still can put the mask on. Mm. If we have, if we are doing our best to serve God, 
in the very best way we can, uh, then our kids, then we can instruct our kids to do the same thing. Mm. And, and that's why hypocrisy is an absolute non-starter. We can't be hypocrites in it. Yeah. But but like I say, is that that would kids be the, will see that. Put your mask on first. Yeah. And uh, and then you're you don't have as much to worry about. It is an awesome responsibility because uh, it's given to us by God. But if if we take care of ourselves first, then we can take care of our kids. If we don't, kids uh, kids have a hypocrisy detector. Uh, from <laughs> yeah. from from birth, and so uh, uh, they'll 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 see that, and yeah. and uh, then you won't have a chance with them. Uh, mm. You won't have as good of a chance. You'll have a lot of work to do. Sure, yeah. yeah, that's really good imagery. I want to say I've heard I've heard something similar to that maybe, but that's such that's so it's important good. though that I can't help you know the passed out kid if I'm passed out too. Yeah, that's, that's such a vibrant picture. You're gonna say something, George. I don't know if we should. I don't know. I was probably going to go in a darker place, but I wasn't sure. In a darker place. Darker place. Talk about your parents for a while. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They're good people. (laughs) They're they're good people. They're good people. I I was just thinking about you know, sometimes the father son relationship or the father parent, uh, uh, sorry, the parents uh, kid relationship has been hurt, damaged in a way, and it's hard to bridge that back. Um, and I was just going to see what you thought about that. That's one of the hardest things to do is, is go to your child um, uh, and, and say, look, I was, I was wrong on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 my conduct was not, was not good. I'm ashamed of it. Uh, I've taken care of it before God. Um, I'm sorry, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if, uh, if I hurt you on this. Uh, or take somebody who has not been a Christian who becomes a Christian or somebody who's not been living as a Christian, even if they were, yeah. and they want to start getting serious again. Uh, and the kids are 13, 14, 15 yeah, years old. Right. They don't want to get serious. What do you do? And, and the thing is, you, you go to him and you say, look, I was wrong on that. Um, we are going to start now, to the best of our ability, doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, hope, hope you buy into it, you know, 16-year-old child, <laughs> because you're going <laughs> along for the ride. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you want to ride with somebody else, um, but but I do feel like when we make a mistake, if we can admit it, um, that's that's hard because parents don't want to let their kids down in thinking that they're weak. But but that's not weakness. When when you have something that needs to be taken care of, it, it needs to be taken care of right. Um, and so you take care of it with God first, and then you figure out the best. You prayerfully figure out the best way to take mm-hmm. care of it with your kids, but. For an example, we haven't been worshiping, uh, if that's somebody's uh, situation, and, and you just go to your kids and say, from now on, we're going to. I know we haven't been doing that. No, I haven't been doing well on that, uh, but we're going to start. And um, I hope you will have a cheerful demeanor as we do it because it will make it a lot easier for you. But I think it's that important, yeah. and I love you that much that I want you to be there with us. And, in fact, I'm going to insist on it. And so there are things like that where you've made a mistake in the past where you just have to— uh, own up to the mistake, but then say, but now we're going to correct it. Um, uh, you know, what, what parent driving down the road uh, gets distracted, starts going off the road and thinking, well, I don't want to look bad in front of my kids. I'll just go off the road and crash. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> yeah. You correct and you right. get back on the road. Um, and that's, uh, I think that's what we need to do spiritually. There's one more thing that uh, I know we're probably running out of time, but I do want to okay. mention this. Uh, a preacher one time 
uh, gave an example of what he had been doing for his kids. And I was a young father. Carolyn was a young mother at this time. And it made such an impression on us. And I can remember almost the exact words he said when he stated it to the congregation that he was preaching to. He said, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Uh, but he said, when I pray, uh, and he was an older man, had grandchildren at that time. When I pray to God about my family, he says, I pray uh, that not one of them will be lost from any generation, but that they will all be saved. And his point was, if you inculcate that in your family to where you are praying, this is our number one goal. Um, we want to be in heaven with God someday. The, the journey to heaven begins, if you want to be a servant for eternity, you have to be a servant now. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of I, we don't want one from our family to be lost, that's how important it is. Uh, when you have that as your number one goal and everybody understands that and everybody's praying for it, it really, really helps. Um, and I, that's what I would encourage fathers to be doing. Uh, if they've never done it before, I'd start doing it. I don't, a day doesn't go by, I don't, I don't pray that. And a uh, mm-hmm. day also doesn't go by that I don't make mistakes <laughs> uh, that, that could keep me from that, that I have to take care of. But like I say, that, I think if we keep the goal in mind, um, it's, just, it's just always easier to hit. You know, just shooting at random, hitting the target, you've got about a 0% chance. Aiming, you may not hit the bullseye every time, but at least you're doing your best. And that's always been the spiritual, scriptural instruction. And I think if parents yeah. can push, pass that on to their kids, all I expect from you is your best, um, uh, then I think we're going to be able to help them to become good servants and achieve that goal of not one from any generation being lost. It's a big goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It is. Amen. Really good advice. Uh, all this beautiful relationship you're talking about, mirroring from the discipline to the unconditional love, it uh, makes me think that no matter what state we are, father or not, or fatherless or not, that we do have a father in heaven. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba there in the Hebrews is really personal. It's like dad kind of like in our language Mm. that we have. Beautiful picture we're supposed to show. Really good advice today. Thank you, Rick, for for being on here. Thank you for having me. And maybe maybe I should say one more thing. The reason that our kids have done well is because they decided to become, to do well. Uh, And so uh, we had our part. (laughs) It wasn't an accident, but uh, they they have uh, never let us down. And, and that's unusual. And so we've had, we've had a, uh, a pretty pleasant journey on that. So, but thank you all for letting me uh, come in. Absolutely. And, uh, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Yeah. I think I, that's, a, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> Go so. All right.